cord first. That's a good move. All right. Hit me, Sammy. his headphones and look awkwardly into the distance oh my god sammy why do i have a picture of a handbag on my face and a penis well they're both technically handbags depends on your definition and what your sexual orientation is you know when you just know a show is going to be good i feel like today we don't even need to follow the show structure we can just do whatever the hell we want you guys have a show structure no way i'm like yes we really do we try to have a show structure i think we do (sighs) okay i do too well today's show i feel like we don't even need that we're going to abandon all the rules because already this morning i came in and i i'm so stressed about what what do you stress about sarah talk to me ask your therapist well, yeah, you know what? Here's part of the problem. I, my therapist is off Wait, do you want me to play week. some Enya first? I don't know how you talk to your therapist, but <laughs> well, I, I feel like it probably involves therapy. a lot of Enya. Okay, well, give it to me. I'm ready for a cigarette or something. My therapist is off. Okay. My second therapist I don't see for another two weeks. That's probably an issue because you need to be seeing them more often than that. <laughs> no, Definitely more often than once every two weeks, Sarah. You know, I don't do any drugs, which is the bad part. Which is, again, you should be doing way more often than once every two no, weeks. No, I'm too much of an addict already, honest to God. All right. I'm addicted to stress. I'd get addicted to this, that. Oh, please, hold I'd on, be the Sarah. biggest drug addict. Wait, <gasps> I do love oh, this Oh, that's song. the outro, too, but hold on. Mm, 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 mm. There you go. Oh, God, I love it. making you feel better now yes, already actually, i love chanting too oh yes sarah oh think about horses galloping through the breeze oh. riding up to each other lightly touching each other's noses symbolizing their love for one another then all of a sudden the male horse walks behind the female horse what no, I know. Gets on top. <laughs> no, Wait. This is part oh, of I'm trying to help you out here. No, now I'm stressed. Love, love, Sarah. We're thinking about love and nature. Sex. That's love and nature. It always comes back to that with you. All right. Well, anyways. God. I thought that anyone anyway. would help. I'm not a good therapist. I tried to be. No kidding. Well, I, I haven't been able to see my therapist. And so yesterday, we need to get this all out. I, I don't do very well with holding back or withholding on this show, mm-hmm. you know, anything. So yesterday, Sammy and I have a call. We have a great problem, right? Which is we are getting job offers, which is super flattering. But you know, when you get a job offer, it's never like they go, absolutely, here's everything you want, you know? that I have wanted for us in my mind, yeah. right? Okay, so I want the two of us, and tell me if, I never really have asked you what you want. That's fine. That's <laughs> so, ice. So yeah. just tell me if this doesn't align no, with your goals. Okay. But I want us to be two of the most influential media people that have ever lived. Okay. And I know that this is very, that's a very egotistical statement, but I don't give a damn. you got to set your dreams somewhere. That's what we are going to be. Okay, that's what we are on our way to be. Yes. So... In doing that, I want us to own our own brands, okay? So I want us to have this show. We contract this show out to different networks, let's I'm say. I'm sorry. You have Sirius. a penis on your face. It's really tough to... <laughs> 
I'm sorry. Okay, as you were. I, 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 I shouldn't have interrupted you for that. But You can take a picture of this, by the way. Jessica, our intern, can take a picture. This morning I came in here because I'm very exhausted. Last night, for the past week, I haven't been able to sleep, right? I try mm-hmm. to do my meditations. They don't work. My therapist is out of town. So I'm trying to sleep, but all night long I dream of taxes. How is Sammy going to pay his rent? How am I going to pay my rent? Maybe we should start a podcast network. Should I reach out to this person? What about these uh, people that are interested in advertising? I haven't gotten back to them. I'm on it. I'm bananas. It's fine. You are. It is. Well, right. And I feel like, you know, aren't all really successful people bananas? So is this like a good sign? I think most people are. I mean, every time I read a story about anyone that's successful, whether it's, you know, everything from an athlete to a comedian to a politician, they always have something crazy about it. Okay, thank God. Look at every politician. I mean, they're all nutsack crazy. True. Yeah. So... Anyway, I did not sleep at all last night. I come in here, we start periscoping, and I'm like, I have bags under my eyes. And also, Sammy Periscope goes, <laughs> right now can tell that Sarah's super stressed because she's fake cigarette smoking a plug for our speakers. So It's the motion of the cigarette smoke. I need that e-cig. You need that? You need an e-cig? I need an Please e-cig. Please do not. I honestly... I will get an e-cig. I wouldn't quit for much, but I would probably quit over <laughs> you smoking e-cigs. Why? That is so... so why? I'm just being honest about that. I like the I like the vape. Isn't that the same thing? If you ever say that again, <laughs> that is strike one. Strike one. Okay, fine. I can't afford for you to quit. I'll lose it. So... I say I've got bags under my eyes, and Timmy goes, well, are they, they, are they designer bags? Yeah, like Louis Vuittons. I asked you if they were Louis Vuitton bags. And I said, no, but you go, come over here, let me draw some bags under your eyes. So I said, sure. And now, apparently, I have one handbag and one... <laughs> what? Hold on. Here's a disclaimer. This is a statement intended to specify or delimit the scope of rights and obligations that may be exercised and forced by parties in a legally recognized relationship. Wait, what? This is your disclaimer. The Hey Frage podcast may not be suitable for all years. Oh. Okay, okay, now you can say what the other Thank side you. has on then it. Then the other side, I left you in charge to draw another handbag, and instead you drew a penis. So currently, right now, I'm sitting here doing the podcast live, stressed out of my mind, two big bags under my eyes, well, one big bag under my eyes, and one penis. Well, Sarah, honestly, you just don't understand my artistic representation, because one side was supposed to be a modern-day representation of what a handbag was. The other side is supposed to be a meta-representation of what a handbag could be. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh-huh. You Anyhow. just don't understand art. All right. Yep. Anyway, so today I was going to have. Bullshit. <laughs> totally. <laughs> today we were going to have my mom on the show because in Maine there's a big news story that's circulating about Katie Crotch Road. Katie Crotch Road. It's America's most thieved road. <laughs> and someone keeps stealing Katie Crotch Road's sign. Okay? Every, like every, at this point, every dorm room in Maine should have a Katie Crotch Road sign in it because <laughs> weren't they talking about, like it's literally stolen thousands of times? Thousands of times. Like, thousands they of times. They keep replacing it. This is a major news story in Maine. So we're going to have my mom on tomorrow to talk about this. But in the meantime, we have to have my dear friend Sammy Simpson on, who is just in my life circle. And everybody should have a life circle, Mm -hmm. which is basically the people you trust to help you make decisions. He's also a passion curator. So he actually helps people. You can hire him to help you find your passion. So I've known him for a thousand years. I want to have him on the podcast to tell me, are we overthinking this job opportunity that we got yesterday? Or do we stay the course? Because I don't know. You can totally roll with it. You completely roll. I spent the rest of yesterday after we got off the phone call with these people going, are they completely disorganized? Should we take this opportunity? Oh, my God. What's this going to entail? Why didn't they have any details? I See, I didn't want to tell you this, but I happened to be because like, I knew the call was coming, but I kind of was running late and hanging out with my friends. So I said, screw it. I'm just going to chill with my friends. And I was in a room full of my friends, and I just had it on speaker. Everyone was like, dude, that sounds dope. 
And you were freaking out, and they're like, "Why is it that sounds like a great opportunity for you guys?" It did not sound dope. It sounded like they had no clue when we asked them about like how many hours because, a week we'd be because working. Because they said they it's couldn't up to us. It's up to us. They got to figure that out. I don't think so. I think they ended up going seven days a week. And I'm thinking to myself, well, seven no, days a week. On the air, yeah, but that's different, though. That's crazy. Are you going to really do that seven? Uh, although, actually, I think it might be. I, I feel like there is a way maybe we can work it out. It's just not maybe what they yeah. talk about. So I think you. Two days a week? Summers, yeah. So they like, you know, it's just it's a lot of recording, which is fine. I love cording and recording. So <laughs> I'm, I'm down with it all. Okay, well, we could be doing a lot of that. So we're going to call my friend Sammy Simpson here just because, you know, I think a lot of people have this problem, especially now the economy is getting better. Thank God. It's like we're having like a friend fight now because we're both at kind of odds over, you know, which side to take. Well, I mean, we're we're just a team, right? Yeah, we're a team. Okay, thank God. <laughs> I didn't know how you see that? I'm freaking her out. I'm totally freaking her out. This is Stop getting it. so much fun. Stop! I really want us to have a morning show. I want us to replace like Morning Joe, and then like we'll save MSNBC, the network. Oh yeah, okay. I really do, because they're getting old and tired. I love Rachel no Maddow. Offense. She's still there. See, exactly. She could follow us. She could do middays. Okay, yeah, Rachel Maddow <laughs> on middays. Yes, she could. I'm serious. Lunch. I aspire big, but maybe that's my problem. You I'm do not realize they have much stricter standards on pronunciation at MSNBC than well, we do here at the Hey Phrase podcast. Well, they need to let those go, and at some point we'll have a serious producer who will. I mean, nothing against Bowtie. Bowtie yeah, Joe, nothing against you. <laughs> I need someone to phonetically spell it out for me. Hi, Thanks. Sarah Frazier here, and I am here live at a Sharaki <laughs> tribe. Um, what's this thing Shiraki. called again? A reservation. <laughs> no. Like Sharaki's? Sarah, no, it's Cherokee. <laughs> it's not gonna have no It's Cherokee, we don't Sarah. Know Cherokee. And we're here at the Sharaki reservation. I like how she blames it on the producer, too. Wait, hold yeah. on. We gotta yeah. get your microphone Whatever. on. We turned your mic Just off. Say. You like how I blame it on the producer? Why? Whatever. It's fun. Um, no, she blames it on the producer. I do blame what? it on You gotta get close to the mic if you're gonna speak. Hi. There Looks we like go. Sarah's Bye, being Joe. the producer right now. Look Thank at that. You. I do know. I, I do. Well, you know, it's weird because when I started out the show, the sound never bothered me. But now, the sound bothers me. I'm becoming that anal retentive radio gal. Great. It only took you 10 years in the industry. <laughs> I know. We're not 10 even. years in the industry. You're like, anyway. I finally care about how it sounds. So we're going to have Sammy Simpson on. There's so many other trending stories, by the way. A couple of things. You need to be following us on social media. Uh, we're on Instagram. I'm crying. I'm actually crying. That's because I'm rubbing the, the penis on your face, too, I, at the same time. <laughs> Is this microphone on? Yeah, I mean, it is now. Okay, say that again. I said you're also, while you're crying, rubbing the picture on your face. Okay, which is well, it's smudgy. Um, anyway, there's a ton of stories we need to seriously get to. There are so many things that I want your thoughts and opinions on today. Uh-huh. But you got to follow us on social media. I'm on Snapchat, Hey Phrase Show. Instagram, Twitter, you can follow me, at Hey Phrase. Sammy is on Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter, at the Sammy K. Just one M. Boop. Okay. <clears throat> so you need to follow him. Also, if you want to ever email us, we get tons of email. We thank you guys. I try to respond to everybody. Sammy's getting an email address. We would love to hear uh, from you. All right. We'd love to hear from you, okay? If you have some business ideas, maybe your parents are super rich, they want to invest in this podcast, Sarah with an H at heyfrage.com, okay? Just right. a couple thoughts. Fine. If you what? want me to make one, I'll only make one if I can call it complaintsforsammyk at gmail.com. Yes, well, of course, you have tons of complaints. All right, good. So complaintsforsammyk at gmail.com. Uh, so after I check it once a month. Uh, all right. 
There you go. Yeah. That's perfect. Uh, after Sammy Simpson is on our show, we are going to talk about Banksy's identity, the artist Banksy. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. His identity's been revealed. Don't tell me. You I don't want to know. know. Yeah, okay, you don't want to know that spoiler? I've been, I've been avoiding that story. All right. We may or may not discuss that. Also, I'm so torn about this story. But there's a new study out that's been done over 10 years that basically says this, this thing in your life mm-hmm. has the biggest effect on your success, your career, and your productivity. And I don't, I almost don't want to do this story because I feel like when you put this story out there, it then plants in people's heads like a preconceived, you know what I'm saying? You know when like, um, you almost predict your own destiny. So predestination? Predestination. Yep. That was the word that I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And when we have the MSNPZ producer, I thought I'd get an earpiece. So they so could just they tell could you tell words? tell me the words in my ears. But then you know after a while I'm going to sit there and I'm going to start <laughs> slipping them 50s. No, you're not. Don't do that. Why would you do that? Why would you embarrass me on national TV? Because you know that's going to happen. Dude, I, I mean, would totally Shiraki, get you to talk about like the Shiraki tribe. The Shiraki tribe. The Shiraki tribe. The Shiraki <laughs> tribe. I'm here live from the Shiraki <laughs> reservation. I spit all over you. Oh my God. In West Dakota. There's a West Dakota. <laughs> you make me sound so stupid. That's on a you. joke. I You're not stupid. Educated. I'm just joking. You are educated. Yeah. I, mean, I have a four year degree. Yeah. And a degree in life. I speak good. Anyway. We'll talk about this because I don't, I don't know if I want to do this story, but we have different experiences with this, so I would be curious to see. I'd be think. curious to know because I've been derailing your stories all morning, so I, I keep know. on losing track. I'm not all gonna right. lie. Let's dial up Sammy Simpson. Do you have we uh, we have to probably close Periscope for a sec and then come back. Bye. What's that? Bye. Oh, bye bye Periscope. Uh, bye Periscope. I mean, we don't care. <laughs> abruptly hang up on them. <laughs> abruptly and rudely hang up and on them. And that's complaints. <laughs> At SammyK at gmail.com. Complaints for SammyK at gmail.com. Whatever. Whatever. Complaints at gmail. This is why you're going to have a producer with an (laughs) in-ear microphone at MSNBC. (laughs) I think that'd be a good fit for us. I mean, they're failing, and we're on our way up. Why wouldn't you you just, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, he looks like he has a fancy phone number. You know when you read someone's phone number and it just seems fancy? Yeah, he is fancy. He's got a fancy phone number. You fancy. God, I love how you figured out the phone systems out. We can call anyone. Hello, it's Sammy. Sammy Simpson, it's Sarah and the other Sammy. Hey. Hello, Sammy and Sarah. How are you? Excellent. Well, Sammy's excellent. You know, I am feeling stressed. Uh oh. <laughs> well, so why all the stress? Well, Sammy, we were talking about you. We gave you a fabulous introduction, and just we oh, we have a lot of new listeners. So, just a little background about our relationship. Oh, okay, wait, that is, was are you weird. good? <laughs> I don't know what just happened there. Sammy, can you hear us? Uh, you kind of dropped out, but now you're back. Yeah, that was weird. Okay, all right. I don't well, know what that was. I don't know what that was. Anyway. Either. We were just talking about you were actually one of my first bosses ever at Z104 here in D.C., which was a radio station that now no longer exists. But since then, over the years, I call you my passion curator because you are really, really great at helping people find their true passion. And over the years, you and I have had a great relationship, and you've always kind of helped guide me to really listen to my true voice. And I've always known what I've wanted to do, and you've helped me hone that in. So yeah. You're in my life circle, and I always love advice from you. So Sammy, the other Sammy and I, for this Hey Fresh podcast, have been getting a lot of offers, right? Which is very, very flattering. And I would think a job offer should not be a stressful thing, but I am stressed. 
Ah, I get it. Yeah, because you're probably, I bet they're coming from uh, obviously the idea of going back to um, kind of traditional radio. I would assume there's probably many offers there because you guys have certainly engaging content. There's probably some non-traditional models out there, some new technology models. So you're probably getting it from all sides. Am I correct? Mm -hmm. You're correct. And this specific kind of offer is with a non-traditional media company, a podcasting platform, if you will. And we had a phone call with them yesterday, and I walked away, and they sort of don't know really what they want. They like us. Uh, they could carry our podcast. Maybe we could do voice tracking work for them. But it, does, it doesn't seem like the ideal fit because it it is good in the way that we could give our podcast another platform. But I don't know if we're going to get the promotion and maybe the partnership. We, for some right, reason. You. you know, the uh, partnership we want. So, Got you. so obviously it's just kind of like, hey, we've heard about you guys. Obviously you're creating a lot of excitement that you're new and noteworthy on iTunes. You're picking up a lot of listeners. You're doing uh, great, uh, uh, you know, great work in selling out shows at the DC Improv to see the show um, uh, recorded live and those type of things. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, let me just take a time out and say both of you, which I reminded you last time, to take a moment, take a breath and, and celebrate for a moment. Like, wow, this is what we done in just a few months that's pretty freaking awesome so one let's let's celebrate that success right yes yes and i i'm not good at slowing down and enjoying the process because i feel like i know i absolutely know without a doubt we're going to be very successful and we're going to look back on this in two years three years time and go why do we stress but yeah and let me stop you quickly and again just from a semantic standpoint we're not going to be successful both of you are successful already so you know let's just make sure we keep that present and in the now because Mm -hmm. you're doing it uh, and, and I think the idea is, is that, you know, one of my great mentors used to say, it's not what you can do, it's what you don't do that's going to make the ultimate difference. So I think, you know, this is an exciting time where there um, a lot of people are feeling the great energy that's coming across the show, the great content that both of you are putting out there. I mean, you're, uh, you know, you're doing anything goes. And that's, you know, uh, that's really awesome that you've taken this mission and you've given it a great purpose. And now you're starting to, connected in many ways you know you're connecting it through the podcast through the live shows that you're selling out you're still doing a lot on the tv side I and mean, this is really that's the compass right is that yeah. you're really centered on that mission you can kind of point it and obviously it's going to uh help what you give come back to you uh when you're centered and kind of coming from that standpoint but that's you know that's really exciting but then it becomes oh my gosh now everybody wants a part of this and how do we kind of evaluate that and really find the thing that not that we can do uh, but what is the right thing to do that obviously is going to help us continue to to grow this show and I think that's the ultimate question there right right exactly exactly and okay what are your thoughts on that before I ask you another question well, I mean, my first, I have a couple of thoughts, actually. My first thought is, is that, again, is that, you know, the mission and uh, kind of the centerpiece for everything that you've done that's really been, you know, in my opinion, and my argument would be is the very success behind this show because, um, 
you know, it's interesting that you would call today because I was looking back through some emails and actually, uh, if you remember like three or four years ago when you and I first met when you were here in New York, we kind of talked about a vision letter of saying, you know, what is your real vision and what does it look like? If you were writing a vision one year from now and you wrote a letter to yourself or you wrote a letter to Sammy or whatever it may be, you know, what uh, what are you saying? What did you accomplish? And not like, hey, I want to rule the world, like fluffy, you know, kind of nothingness, but, you know, real concrete, uh, real accomplishments and real actionable type items. And, and you wrote that letter. And coincidentally, I found that the other day. And it's really fascinating when I read that. Really? The letter says, it talked about anything goes to entertain and inspire. It talked about finding one male co-host to come along and be the other yin of your yang. And, and, and I was laughing, and I've actually meant to reach out to you for several days to remind you of that, to say, isn't it interesting that that core center, that mission that you put together, uh, when you got really solid around it and really confident around it, look what's happened. It's absolutely coming to life. So, you know, I would say as you're looking out at other properties, don't forget that first and foremost, and then look at their mission, look at their purpose, and say, how does this align with us, first and foremost? And okay. then two, you know, how can it help us to carry our torch forward, not just be another place that we kind of park? You know, there's a parking spot here, so to speak, but how does this really, you know, fit into that vision and the goals that we have to move this show forward and not just be another, you know, hey, we want to distribute the show more. Well, you know, there's a million platforms out there that you can distribute the show more, and if yeah. that's all it is, well, gosh, you could accomplish that today, but I think there's a deeper essence, a greater depth here that you're looking to accomplish with Anything Goes and bring the great talent that you and Sammy put forth every single day in doing this show. But, Sammy, is there ever such thing as a perfect job offer or per- perfect partnership? Well, I'm not sure, you know, perfect is like one of those words, right? I mean, you know, is there a perfect anything, right? Because I think, you know, I I would say, you know, a direct answer to that, is there anything perfect? No. I mean, I think things certainly come close to it because everybody has different goals and ideals of what a job is all about, right? For some people, job is financial. For other people, it's about making a difference. For other people, it's about getting on a team. For other people, it's about, you know, learning more or educating myself or the challenge that is going to give me a greater experience. So I think you can get close to that, but that's that's why you have to really know yourself really well to say, you know, what what is it that I truly want to happen? Because, you know, maybe nothing is ever perfect, but, you know, that's where you can stand at your center in a neutral position without charging anything up or getting caught up in emotions or whatever it may be and say, okay, when I look at this intelligently and strategically and I start to align this to say, here's their mission, here's my mission, here's what's being brought to the table, here's where I want to go, suddenly you can really start to align that to where it, it's probably never going to be perfect, but it can get pretty close. So you can say, now I see where this fits and a purpose mm. of taking my mission and connecting it in a way that's going to have forward momentum. And I think that's the real key. Oh my God. You have to send me that letter. Cause I, I remember writing it specifically and, but I don't remember all the details. So now I totally want to see that. Yeah, well, you're going to be amazed that, you know, everything you're doing right now, I mean, again, but, you know, to, 
to tap on this perfect thing. It's not perfect, but what you're going to be amazed is, is that, you know what I always say, this is not something you create, but you uncover it, and that's been there for you consistently. And, you know, maybe a good time right now would be the other advice would be to sit down with you and Sammy as a team and write that vision letter to each other from one year from now to say, okay, we've got momentum. Uh, we've got a lot of great things happening. We've got people that are excited about working with us and building partnerships and strategic alliances, et cetera, which is all fantastic. You know, this momentum is terrific, uh, which means it is connecting on many levels. But now would be the time to kind of step back, take a breath, write that letter together and say, you know, intelligently, strategically, what do we really want? And I think by getting clarity in the collaboration and co-creation with both of you, you're going to find the lane forward and know when these come up, it's going to be like a compass to say, okay, well, here's Here's the filter and the compass it fits through for us to connect this. And then you don't have to get all stressed out and wound up about every single thing because it's great. You should celebrate every moment of someone saying, hey, we want a part of this, a piece of this, a partnership with this. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that you have to stress over everyone where you can unreasonably, when you're centered and know what you want, and look at folks and respectfully say, hey, we really appreciate that, but you know what? This doesn't fit into the vision of the show. Maybe we can revisit this in a year or six months, or you may say, you know what? This is exactly what we're looking to do in building collaboration with other folks to co-create something really special. Love that. Oh, my God. Okay, Sammy, that was perfect. That is, like, exactly what I needed today. Sam, And my Sammy, I feel like that's exactly what we need to do, that kind of mission letter to one another. Is that what you call it? What would you call it? What? Yeah, well, it's a vision letter. It's really vision letter. You know, I learned this from a great strategic facilitator years ago. It's just, you know, sit down and write that letter one year from today tell each other what you did oh my gosh you know it's uh, it's march uh, what is today march 9th, 9th uh-huh. 2017 and here's what here's what we accomplished you know we got this momentum after launching the show after a few months and you know uh, talk about numbers talk about sponsorships relationships money you know put hard facts and figures actionable items inside of that letter that then you can come back and say okay from that we can build goals. We can build an audience goal to say how big do we want this to grow. We can build financial goals to say how successful is this going to be. And then from those two goals, you can build tactics that can be reviewed every 90 days. And the tactic is fun, right? A project, a program, or a campaign that you build to say here's where it's going to be related to the revenue or audience goal, and then how do we go about doing it, and then sit down like every quarter, review those to celebrate, hey, we accomplished it, to revise it because the world's changed a bit, or it's no longer relevant. It's not a failure, it's just that, hey, at the time we thought it was a good idea, and now it really isn't relevant any longer, so let's get that one out of the way to make space for something new. Oh my God, I love it. And, you know, obviously, we are all about our listeners here. It's creating a movement. So anybody can do this, no matter what bi- what business you're in, the vision letter, just like what you talked about. Oh yeah, okay. absolutely, or do it for yourself. I write one for myself every single year. I mean, that's what you did several years ago, and I'll resend it to you. And and you should read it to the listeners because I think what people would find yes. is exactly what I rediscovered in reading it now, you know, three years later to say, oh, my gosh, isn't it interesting that 
here was a seed that was kind of uncovered and, and planted, you know, years ago. And then you kind of went through a little twist and turn of doing other things and compromising and all that other stuff. But when you get to the root of it, what you're going to see is what you're doing right now is exactly what you wrote like three years ago. And <laughs> it's just going to give you great confidence to keep going. I love it. That's crazy. Sammy, please email that to me and we will talk to you very soon. Thank you so much for being on with us. My pleasure, guys. Keep, right. keep rocking. Thanks, Sammy Simpson. See ya. Bye. 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 Oh, my God. I already thought about how my letter is going to start. Dear Sammy. <laughs> no, you're supposed to write it to me. I thought I was writing it to myself. No, we write, I, I believe we're writing this vision letter to one another. And I thought I was just writing it to myself because I was more excited about writing myself a letter. Dear Sammy. <laughs> okay, fine. What would your You never got that six-pack, but... <laughs> If I know you, you probably have a cheeseburger next to you right now. And you know what? That's a great step in the right direction, son. 2017. 2017, Sammy. Yeah, that's how I'm going to start off my letter. writing that vision letter to one another because I can't wait to read mine and share it with you guys. And I guarantee, Sammy, I think that will bring us the clarity we want. Sarah, Your financial I write goals? this vision letter yeah? while staring at across from you from the DC Improv yes. while you have two bags on your face. <laughs> One of which happens to be a scrotum. <laughs> I hope that by next year, nothing will have changed. No, stop. Except for the success of the show, but that you will still have two bags under your eyes. Okay. One a Louis Vuitton, one a leather turtle satchel. We are going to be writing this. Isn't that amazing? I want to know people's thoughts. Tweet at us, at HeyFrage. Isn't that so good? That's what you need. It's about staying focused. It's about knowing your true vision and not getting off course. I think that'll help us immensely. See, I'm a big fan of like when I do goals, though, whenever I do goals, I do one goal that's really, really lofty and then one that's just super easy to accomplish. And I'm like, all right, Sammy, you have six months to accomplish this. And then after six months, I look back. Maybe I accomplished a really lofty goal. But I usually set my like my low goal is like something like, I don't know, eat a taco with my dog. And then I look back, I go, all right, you know what? 50%, baby. I succeeded. I made. I did 50% of my goals this six months. We're going to do a serious vision letter because this is going to be good. This is going to get us on the same page. Can I take ayahuasca and I'm write it? making this amazing. Yes, I'll have some fine. great visions. Okay. If you were in space for 340 days, what was the first thing you'd want to eat Ooh, if you came back to Earth? Soft taco, Taco Bell. Really? Oh, my God. I would go straight because I would want to go for the extremes. Oh my god! Like destroy my system after having it so clean and so pure and being well, in space for that long. Just dehydrated crap, yeah, right? It's fine, dehydrated, delicious. Oh, I don't know. Uh, astronaut Scott Kelly has been back for a week now after spending 340 days in space. Now, his being back has brought up many, many discussions, including people asking him and themselves what you would eat, what would be your first meal back mm -hmm. on Earth after 340 days. Well, what was his? Uh, he didn't say. He said that he didn't have any big family things, that he was looking forward to spending time with family on some big holidays coming up, um, Easter and everything, but he didn't give specifics on what exactly he All right, if is I was eat. in space and I sat there and I ate nothing but dehydrated just crap, right? Yeah. Like, you know, maybe some hot water that they can mix with. I don't even know if they have that stuff, maybe. Well, anyways, like, I think my first meal when I got back, oof. It would either be something like Indian food, like a good, like a great, mm. like, you know, I don't know, like, uh, shit, man, I don't even know. Some good, well, you know. I already know, because I'm currently. Parata with some chickpeas and some lentils. If I spent 340 days on space, 
in space, came back. No, you spend it on it. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, in space. Yeah, in space. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's fine. I, you know, I'm my boyfriend Dan is from Detroit. I so. think you're gonna say he's actually from Venus. So uh, <laughs> no, my no. boyfriend Dan, you know, we would just go there, probably spend some time with his and with the in-laws. No, so he's from Detroit. So recently, I've gotten into Detroit-style pizza. Like Love Detroit-style pizza. Buddies is this place in uh, Detroit, this deep dish pizza that I'm obsessed with. And they with. have the cheese go all the way out to the rim, yes. and it's like, it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's what Little Caesars bastardly tries to accomplish. Oh, I've never eaten at Little Caesars, Well, that's no. a shame, dude. Absolutely $5 not. grab and go? Uh-uh, You're missing no. out. I'm sorry. Uh-uh. No, but I would drive to Detroit. I would have someone from space bring me to Detroit. I would go to Buddies, and I would get the deep dish pepperoni, and I enjoy their salads as well. I'd have maybe a little Caesar or a Greek salad, a lot of the Greek dressing, but I'm obsessed with Buddy's Pizza. It's so good. Why don't we have Detroit-style pizza here it's in the, thing that people the don't D.C. Real, area? I think a lot of people look at it and they just assume it's Chicago pizza, but it's different. Like, I know the difference being from the Midwest, but, you know, a lot of people don't really know about it. I actually bought a pan specifically <clears throat> to make Detroit-style pizza at home. What? Will yeah. you please make me some? Oh, my God. Fuck no. I would do that, and then, you know, I love cupcakes. And recently in D.C., I'm torn. between. I go back and forth between Sprinkles. Sprinkles mm-hmm. actually makes a mean cupcake. Okay. And then Baked and Wired. So I would probably get the pizza in Detroit and the salad. Then I would drive to Sprinkles or Baked and Wired and devour several cupcakes. That's something. You know how it's been years since you've ever gone and purchased any sort of fast food? Yeah. I have not purchased a cupcake. (gasps) You haven't? Probably since, I don't know, probably 2007. Oh, I I frequent all the cupcake places here all the time. I never buy cupcakes. I walk by. I see the line. I usually take a picture. Write douchebags and put it on Snapchat. See, you know? I, I like Georgetown cupcakes. I really do. And sometimes when you go in there, but divine. they all have crazy lines now. That's I all. Know, I like. Sprinkles. DC is, my is like right now. people come to DC and they go, okay, we got to see the Capitol. We need to get a cupcake. <clears throat> and it's like, what's this win? Did we become synonymous with cupcakes? That's a horrible thing. Like, that's not good. I, I think it is. I love a cupcake. You go to New Orleans, you get some Bobo rum. Like at least they're getting wasted off that. Mm. You know what I mean? Here. Cupcakes. Hey, I know this trend has been done before, but there's also a high-end restaurant that's opening. Pineapple and Pearls. Absolutely love mm-hmm. the name. Will open April 7th with a dinner priced at a flat rate of $250 a person. Would you go? Um, I'm actually upset because I was actually going to name my Swingers Club Pineapple and Pearls. That would be such a good Swingers Club it's name. That's such a great name for a Swingers Club because oh the God. pineapple is the international symbol for swingers. And pearls, well, I could think of like three places <laughs> to stick those. <laughs> That's not the... I don't know what inspired it, but it's uh, Aaron Silverman's fine dining debut. Yeah, he's the guy from... Uh, from four, Rose. From Rose, uh, uh, Rose's Luxury. Four-star Rose's Luxury. Now, Rose's Luxury, by the way, which is over on Capitol Hill, I've eaten there. It's it's very good. I don't know that I would wait two hours again in line, because they mean, do no reservations. You have to wait out on the street. I've done, like, these crazy tastings before. I went to Mini Bar back when it was just an actual Mini Bar by Jose Andres. Like, yes, you know, I never I've got done, to like, the Rogue that. 24. I've done like the tasting menus at Post or like ah. at this point I'm kind of over it like unless it's really something super like, exquisite I think a lot of people just if you've never experienced it definitely check out one time in your life to go check something like that you so know? you would recommend it I would recommend going to taste if you've never been to like a place like Comey you know Back like when Comey, oh like, yes, like, Comey here in DC. I've never yeah. eaten there either. Then like you know, try one of these places out because they are great. You know, they're amazing meals. Yeah, but it's just one of those things that I think a lot of people go in thinking you're not going to be stuffed afterwards. Well, like you're going in for an experience. It's more like going to pay. It's paying a lot of money to go to an art gallery. 
You know, right? You're not like it's it's art more than it is actually. You know, any sort of like you're not gonna learn that much. You're just gonna read about the art and possibly learn that much, but you're not really gonna you know you're not gonna leave fulfilled. I guess. Do you, uh, do, yeah, exactly. Do you feel when there's high end price tags like this though that they set you up for disappointment? Because when I waited waited in line at Rose's Luxury, it was very very good. <laughs> but when you wait two and a half hours, I think you have an expectation of this is gonna be the one of the best meals you've eaten on earth. Well, yeah, and that's I, with anything when you wait. But the problem is though, I think a lot of people go there and they have it in their mind that they're paying so much, and so they extrapolate food based on how much more they're paying. They're like, well. I've had a great hot dog for $6, so if I'm paying 120 this must be 20 times better. But really, it's not going to be that much better. It's just it's you know, it's, it's the ingredients, you know, the ingredients that they're using, yeah, the, I do the enjoy finesse that. that they do. Like, that's really what's costing you the money, you know, whether or not. I think also, remember, they're there to kind of explore your palates. They're not doing something typical. Well, tickets go on sale 10 a.m. March 14th. They are expecting a big sellout. $250 includes the four-course dining, your tip, drinks, the whole kit caboodle, everything. When you make your reservation, you're going to be charged 50% up front, and then you have a 72-hour cancellation time. The rest will be charged once you get there for dining. I, I mean, I would love to try it. I think it would be great. I mean, yeah. You know, I'm... Uh, I think it's I a just cool concept it's that he's saying that you'll never look at the bill. So, like, you have to pay in advance. Yeah, you got to pay mostly you know, so in like advance. You're paying 50%. mostly in advance, and like I think that's kind of a cool concept. That way, you can just go there, have your drinks, enjoy yourself, and not have to worry about oh, is this going to cost this much? Oh, I got to do this. Like you know, right off the bat, because I think a lot of times with these nice restaurants, when they do put a bill, a lot of people go in there and they order the cheapest thing they can. You know, and they're not really getting the full experience. Right, because you don't want to rack up the bill. Because so you don't want to rack up the bill. You're so getting this way, the best just, of everything. You're getting the best. You know. Uh, do you want to know Banksy's real identity? Um, I mean, I've been trying to avoid the article because I think it's messed up, and I'm really upset, too, because I've had this, like, conspiracy theory for years that oh, Banksy who, who, was actually who? multiple people, and they were doing it as kind of like anonymous does anonymous, that it's not really just one person. Oh it's a group of people that sit there and do this art to promote art in this great way, but now knowing that it's just one person... Uh, I'm kind of annoyed. That's what I'm... You know what? I would love to be a member of Anonymous. I want to be a member either of Anonymous or a Dirt you Bike Gang. You can be, Sarah. Look, at, just say it right now. You're a member of Anonymous. Anyone okay. Can be. Really? Yeah. But you have to have great hacking skills, right? Like, I don't Depends. know. Depends. You can offer different things. With what? You could offer, you know, sway. They're like people who have, like, you know, like, you have social sway. Oh, okay. I'm an Anonymous. If you'd like to contact me, I bet your definitely. listeners love to know that you're going to sit there and try to join Anonymous based on the fact you can manipulate their minds. <laughs> Oh, I just would love to try it for a while. I want to try that in a dirt bike gang. I love when the kids a get on. dirt bike gang? Yes. There are no dirt bike Yes, they're like, yes, they are. The dirt like bike gang. Like in Arizona? No, they're here in D.C. I'm dying to get in on these kids. Those kids that go around and block traffic yes. and like they do loops and stuff. Yes. I if you know anybody, I will keep you anonymous because I'm in anonymous. There's a horse crew, too. <laughs> There's a crew of people that ride horses around yes. in D.C. proper, like actually through the streets. I would do that, too. On Friday and Saturday nights. The horses scare me slightly just because, like, I feel like I'd probably be in more control of a dirt bike than and a horse. And I don't see you picking up after a horse. Picking up? Pick up what? Do the, I really have to explain to you that animals also go poop? You're not picking that up. You're trotting through the streets. I'm not slowing down to get off the you horse. Can't just, you can't just have your horse in the middle of the street rip one, Sarah. Yes, you can. Get no, you over cannot. Your... I would Absolutely. be. Think about it. You, have, you just paid all this money to wash your brand new car, and you drive through someone's horse turd? I, I, I would. Who cares? 
That's and I can't take you seriously because you still have a phallus treatment on your face. <laughs> I would like to be in a dirt bike gang. Sarah at HeyFresh.com. There's a full report um, from Queen Mary University in London, which has now revealed allegedly the identity of the art world's most iconic yet elusive figure. So a full report on Banksy's unmasking is now available. Uh, they do believe that Bas- Banksy is one man and is probably a guy named Robin Gunningham from Bristol. 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 Uh, the distribution of Banksy graffiti was found to peak in locations frequented or inhibited by Gunningham. Um, they used a process mixture, a model, a model of geographic profiling, a mathematical technique developed in criminology. I just think it's messed up because they used the exact, pretty much in layman's terms, they used the exact same technology that they used to catch Osama bin Laden to oust an artist. Wow! I know that's what they're saying. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, but why? Like he wasn't doing anything wrong. No one well, complained. Like, and that was part of his art. That was part of his, you know, mystique. Like the Daft Punk people, they never reveal their face. And people who have seen them, like, there's all these, there's all these stories you'll hear about artists that are like, we're hanging out with them in the studio, working with them, and all of a sudden they get like a picture, and they're like. Oh, hey, man. Remember, don't post anything. Well, here, do you And they're like, oh, yeah, we respect you enough to say no, we won't post it because that's what you want to do. As an artist, like, that's messed up, man. You think it's messed up? The media ruined that again. Like, Banksy's not going to do stuff anymore if he gets outed. You think he'll go underground? Yeah. So here's the guy, Robin Gunningham. Oh, yeah, I think this is him. Don't you? You think so? Yeah, look at him. He looks like Banksy. Doesn't he? He looks very talented to me. That looks like a true artist. That looks like a talented man that would look great in a mask. Is that what you meant by that? No, I think he looks a true... That's probably him. So you're really upset by this? They did use... uh, You are right. The kind of scary part about this is they did use basically like tracking that they did for... For terrorists. For terrorists to... To oust an artist. And that's the, the scary thing there. Again, this is me and my distrust of the man, but... Dude, if they can do that to oust an artist, I wonder what they can do with just anybody. You know what I mean? That's a lot. They can just find out. Dude, Sarah, they know exactly how many times you pooed yesterday. Like, they know everything about you right now. And that's horrible to know. I don't care. Why? That's scary. Nothing to. Oh, please. Come on in. I'll show you when I poo. I'll show you what I look like without makeup. Want to look like what I look like when I'm having sex? I don't care. I feel like all three of those looks are probably similar. (laughs) They are not. They're drastically different. Okay. You know, I don't know if I want to do this story because I do think that this, when you talk about stories like this, it really drives me crazy. Are you talking about the parents one? (sighs) Yeah. So a new study says that basically your true, um, what's the word? I wish I had the producer. You're true. (laughs) Stop it. Sometimes I lose my train of thought. You know, um... Really to determine if you're going to be successful, how much money you're going to make, and your productivity comes down to your parents. And I think that's really awful because a lot of people have crappy parents. Yeah, well, that's true, though. I know, but this is after years. Uh, They say that your parents are the point of contact in this world and teach you the ways of life around you, whether you like it or not. From then on, from a very small age until you enter your teens, they become your be-all and end-all. They become your Bible, your Quran, your definitive textbook for everything you do in your life. And while you eventually grow up, think and make your decisions independently, making a living and then a life on your own and the deep sense of uh, connection and intimacy you share all comes back to them. Your relationship with your parents determines how you react to people in your life, including your boss and teammates. Don't you find that to be... I see, I just don't like this story because I think it sets people up to believe if you have a bad relationship with your parents, 
it's going to be hard for you to succeed in no, life. And but, that's what they're saying. But it's not saying you're not, you're just saying you're going to fight with your boss a lot, which is true. You know? Well, uh, your reaction to your authority figures depends on the sort of relationship you had with your parents. In an authority figure like a boss has the tendency to yell at people, you might resist that behavior strongly instead of taking it in stride at times. You'll likely oppose it and distance yourself from them. This is the reason some people keep switching jobs, citing a problem with previous boss each time. And that issue all comes back to if you had a very difficult family member, parent. But don't you feel, because here's the thing, I think especially when you're an adult, right, you're going in there into this workforce and you're going to get a job and it's you versus, you know, person B. You guys have everything the same except for one person had, you know, the family that they're talking about, you know, and that would make them successful. Another one person had maybe a more dysfunctional family, mother and father figure, okay? That person, they can still succeed with a dysfunctional mother and father figure, only while they're working, they're going to have they're going to have to actually learn the social things that this person with the non-dysfunctional family probably already has instilled in them. You know, so they're going to be learning. They have to learn much more just to keep up with this person. I, like, I feel like with my, like when I go to a job, right? Yeah. When I'm starting a new job, all I'm really learning is I'm just learning the office politics and I'm learning like maybe any new skills I need to learn for that particular job. Mm-hmm. That's it. If I, ha- if I didn't have like the work ethic before that was already instilled in me by my father, I would have to sit there and have to learn the work ethic involved in this, how to actually manage my time and do all the work at once. You know what I mean? That's something that you... That you have to learn, and I just think that if you knew it beforehand, because your parents taught it to you, you're clearly at a way better advantage Absolutely. than someone who has to learn that on the job, you know, where I walked in that job already knowing it. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I think this article is fascinating, and I will definitely post it later today, because I didn't, you know, here's the thing, and, and I feel like... I always say, like, if God gave me one gift, it was amazing parents. Like, I had two parents that really wanted to be parents and Mm -hmm. really loved each other. So they had a fantastic relationship. Now, my dad passed away when I was in high school, which kind of blew up our family unit because that was just, we were all super tight. So that, I mean, from that, of course, that's why I'm I'm in therapy. And I think for a long time while I dated older men, you're kind of, I was seeking. Trying to fill that void. Yeah, trying to fill that void. Um, But... I always think like they're, I see my friends who grew up with difficult parents, right? Mm -hmm. Either very demanding parents, parents that, you know, enough was never enough. And it impacts them so much. But my parents, I would say my parents were very demanding. What were your parents My parents were very demanding. It was, oh, you got a 98%. What happened to their 2%? You know? Really? Like that kind of stuff. And that's just kind of what I was raised with. And I also like, I butt heads with my mom all the time growing up. Like once I hit teenage years. I fought with her constantly. And now I look at how I work, and I'm a very hard worker. I don't settle. I get really upset at people if they only give me 95% when I know that they could give me 100%. Like, and I always fight with my bosses. But I always respect them so, enough to go back. Like, I think I can fight with someone. Like, I guess it's also kind of what my family, this is how I was raised, though. But like, I can sit there and argue with you, get really upset at you. Go outside, take a breather, come back in, and pretend like everything is all good. But and that doesn't bother me. Like, it won't, I won't hold it. I won't really, you know. Maybe deep down I might resent something about it, but I'll still finish my job. What? Okay, because I can think of a couple things, like, that my parents... You know, it's hard, because I feel like my sort of sense of, like, my dad, I think, was really great at business, but... I never really knew that because I didn't get to know him. On that sense. On that sense. But what do you think with your parents is the biggest disadvantage they gave you? Um, honestly, I don't really know. Like, I really don't know. Did their separation really bother? Do you think that? Well, they were separated like before I was like I was like six months old and they separated. So I don't remember any of that. You know, I was raised my entire life with them being divorced. 
I don't really know. Like, I honestly couldn't even say that there was any disadvantages. I think at really? the time I was, I think the only disadvantage, which at the time I thought was a disadvantage, is they never really let me be like a true, like, sometimes I just wanted to be an American like everyone else. My parents were never the one to be like, all right, cool. You just want to play baseball and stay home all summer and play video games like the other kids do? All right. No. They'd ship me off to Tunisia or I'd speed down to my dad working at a store or doing something like that. So when I was younger, I resented that because I never got like, you know, just to ride bikes whimsically. You know, I was right. always doing shit. But now in the hindsight, it doesn't I, really matter to me. You know, I guess this must come from my parents. I have a real issue with authority. I don't like it. Well, I don't either. But you didn't, did you fight with your parents a lot in high school? Not uh, No. Because no. I fought with my parents incessantly. And that's why I fight with the police. That's why I fight with... <laughs> Bosses. That's why I fight with judges. And if you have any sort of authority to, like, I sometimes just walk by innocent parking meter people and be like, what the hell are you doing? I don't even have a car. Like, why the hell do I care? It's not even, A, it's not my car. And B, I don't even own a car. This is going to affect me in any way. But I'll still just, you know, get upset at them and try to get a fight with them. I think my issue with authority comes from my mom. Like, um, this, this is, I think this is really funny, but like my mom never really had a sense of authority. Like she would also just sort of do what she wanted. Like if she pulled up to a house that was abandoned, she'd be like, let's go in. Like she just never really, um, had any, like, I mean, she wasn't like selling drugs or breaking the law, but there was a, well, knowing that her, she could have though, jeez, <laughs> she, could. she could have had the greatest meth house ever. If she just walking into <laughs> yeah, random she houses. Could. She really could. So I think that's where it comes from is she never really answered to anyone. And I like that. I don't want to answer to anybody either. And either did Stevie Nicks or <gasps> Belinda Carlisle. What's oh the lady's God. name? I love Belinda Carlisle as well. Uh, Carol King? Carol King, No, yeah. Carol King had a lot of authority. She had a very uh, mentally abusive husband. Okay, then never mind. Carol King, off that list. But, but Belinda Stevie, Carlisle. Stevie also, though, you know, Stevie Nicks, that new book I was telling you about that was uh, written by the guy that was in the Eurythmics, mm-hmm. he's, you know, she was with Jimmy Iovine. Stevie Nicks was with Jimmy Iovine for many years. And she says, you know, Jimmy was an issue well jimmy also made her bazillions yeah but she said that you know there were a lot of men in her life telling her don't have a kid don't do this she wishes that she had done that well she probably also shouldn't have been doing horse tranquilizers so i I blame the men yeah let's blame (laughs) the men for that one too the men who are telling not to do everything were like but this horse tranquilizer why don't you just shove it right there she had a slight addiction that's that's what happens with talented people that's why i'm staying away from the drugs i know how that story ends yeah i get it i do I know. You're going to be sitting there just, what, getting horse suppositories and just shoving them up one by yes, one Yes, that's high? exactly what happens to people. That's why you stay away from drugs. It kills all success. And there's my message, kids. And my message, kids, yeah, you can smoke a little pot every once in a while. That's it. Doing you that's arm. it. But that's all because that's a gateway, and you've got to check yourself. It's not a gateway. It's officially been taken off the gateway drugs. All right. Well, I didn't read that article. Exactly. But. <laughs> They're no longer considered. It's not a gateway drug. Marijuana is no longer a gateway Stay drug. Stay clean. Do medi- meditation and acupuncture. Do medication. Do med- if anything, you know what the true gateway. If you want to look, at, you want to go off topic and talk about. It. Yes. True gateway drug is sugar. That's the it first thing that you get every kid yes. addicted to. They sure. learn about their addictive tendencies. Mm-hmm. Their brain kicks in for addiction. They have that initial, oh, okay, I feel this way. Now, if I eat this, I can feel this way. They understand that. The first thing. If you have an addictive person, you're that kid that sits there and is probably hiding a Snickers bar, eating some candy, mm-hmm. chugging a soda when you're not around your parents, and just that getting that rush and be like, oh, my God. You are more likely to look at Sarah. That's why you don't do heroin, because you would be a heroin addict. Oh, completely. Look at you. You're fake I, smoking, like, you're fake smoking earphone nipples. I know. I'm telling you, I, I, I am a true addict. 
And I do blame my parents for that. You know, I was a very overweight kid. Both my brother and me were super overweight children. My mom always felt like a chubby kid was a happy kid. And I think it was because when my mom grew up sort of in the Depression, she was hungry at times. Well, yeah. Or so 40, you have she didn't food, grow up in you the Depression. Happy, yeah. She's not that old. Uh, sorry. She well, was the in the same 40s, thing in my 50s. family. They never, like, that's the one thing. You could... They'll say no to everything else, but they'll never say no to food. Right. And I and then I've struggled with my weight my whole life. That's put in the see, mom. There you go. She listens to And then you get older, and once you turn eighteen, then they start harassing you about how fat you are. And yes. like, whoa. They I do. didn't get here myself. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm sorry, guys. I don't even have a job yet. You guys still pay for everything. So <laughs> thank you. We it's can blame your our fault. Yeah, thank you. We can blame our parents for that. Uh, by the way, I did want to tell you, though, I'll post this article because there's a lot of great stuff in here. There's an exercise you can do if you feel like everybody, by the way, has issues with their parents. So they're saying, look, if you were raised in a situation with either a strict disciplinarian or a really troubled household, you're not alone. Um, you should also start addressing those issues. Make peace with your parents. And there's a whole guidance um, structure on this. You need therapy, though, to help you there. But um, in my me? opinion. No no, 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 no. I mean, they're saying, look, you can do it on your own, but you have to step back you from don't the need situation. I think, look, at, I had a bunch of issues with my parents probably growing up. I always kind of fought with them, had little headbutts every once in a while. Finally, just one day, I think I just gave up. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. Love you guys. Respect everything that's going on. I'm just done. Like, now they tell me something, I go, all right, yeah, sure. Um, I used to tell them you guys were batshit crazy. Now I just go, yep. Perfect idea. Love it. I'll see you guys then. Have you ever spoken to them? Because this article says... Look, have I spoken to my parents? Never. <laughs> no, have you spoken to them about it? They say that you can build a healthier relationship with your parents. Speak to them right away. Make peace with them about whatever incomplete feelings you have about them, such as maybe a feeling of regret or no, disappointment. Sarah, I think that the whole notion that you should go there and tell people what you think is just it doesn't work out too well. Like we learned about the text message you had me send last week to that girl. That didn't work out well at all, okay? Now, I think, I don't want to tell, like, I, if you have an issue with somebody and you can work it out yourself, I say do that and don't bring it up. Because nothing is more obnoxious than going to something like, you know what, I really didn't like you. I thought this was shitty about you. I thought this was horrible about you. Da-da-da-da. I've luckily gotten over it. You've gotten better. That would just tick me off, and that would get me straight back to square one. I'd be like, wait, you thought that about me? Well, well screw you. I don't want to hang out with you either. <laughs> this is your yeah, I don't care if you respected me. Yeah, my this parents would parents. tell me, screw you, you little shit. Like, you know what I did for you? <laughs> well, here's the thing. And just to finish out the article, they say the trick is not to fix your relationship with your parents, but to make peace with the past. In essence, to say, whatever happened in the past is behind us, and we're not going to ruin our present or future because of it. It doesn't wipe the slate clean, and I think to get to a place where you're really there, I don't think you can do that. Most people can do that on their own. You obviously have, Sammy, but I would have. Ne I need. I didn't have major issues with them, but needed to stop dating older men. I needed help. Yeah. Uh, luckily, I've never dated older men, so... <laughs> there you go. Always a possibility, but, you know... I'll tweet out it. It's such an amazing article. Okay, what should we end with today? Do you want to talk about uh, the study that says people who brag about their relationships are really insecure? Rage yoga. Do you want to talk about that? Rage yoga? Yeah. Um, or... Do you also, or do you want to talk about uh, Americans love their dogs but don't want them here? Where, where do you want to go today? Mm. Or the sushi burrito? Up to you. Is you tell sushi, me, Sarah. I'm ready. Is, I'm ready. I think do you want to talk see. about rage yoga? Yeah, let's talk about rage yoga. Okay. So rage yoga is now all the rage. I really hate puns. Now, what kind of one. rage are we talking about? Are we just talking about like... Uh, this is a trend that started in Canada, but it's coming to the Party rage? Are we talking about like... 
Rock Rage, yeah. Rage Yoga. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yes. So here's what you do. Sorry. Rage Yoga uses screaming, swearing on a path to better health. Are you okay? Oh my God! That was huge. That was was all over Joe as well. (laughs) Amen to that one. Oh my God! Bless me, sir. Bless me. Could you get us some tissues? I'm good now. I already sneezed it all out. I don't need it now. (laughs) Yeah, but it's still all over your your tears are you're watering up. Well, that's fine. What's wrong with tears? (laughs) It was a good sneeze. I don't have any. I don't need a tissue. I'm good. All right, you already. Joe's pants are my tissue. Okay, yeah, that's true. Oh, my God. Joe, you might want to get tested. (laughs) All right, as you were. Sorry, so Rage Yoga. Rage Yoga is in Calgary, but coming to the U.S., you do all the same yoga poses, but you do listen to more rock. So it's like kickboxing, how they yell at you and or like Soul Cycle, how they're constant. Don't they yell at you at Soul Cycle? This is more like the discipline of using swearing techniques, also the middle finger a lot. So you're like in the downward dog, you know. Oh God. Yep, that's fine. Oh okay. God, oh my God, I just spilled the water on the floor. It's thank great. God. Oh, thank God. Okay. Sarah needs this more than I do. Put this on the water you just spilled. Oh, God. That's not going to do anything. Oh, damn. Oh, this, we've God. made this stage so wet for all the wrong reasons. Okay. <laughs> it's just rehab. It really has. All so, right. No, I narrate. I'm going to do a downward dog with the middle finger. You narrate. Okay. So what do you mean? So I should be like, yo, you fat fucking asshole. Why don't you get down downward dog? Pop that finger. Pop that finger, you little bitch. Oh, yeah. This is- Pop that finger. Is that what Don our dog is? All right, bark. Oh, what is bark. downward dog? <laughs> like your butt's up in the air. So you don't even know downward dog because you're stupid. This is stupid rage you yoga. Do, you do. Oh, but they're from Canada. So I should be like, one. oh, hey, yeah, put your fingers up in the air. Yeah. This is warrior pose This one. is warrior pose one. Now go. All right. Now stick your fingers and stick it up your partner's butthole. Eh? <laughs> I think that's Canadian, isn't yes, it? Let's keep going. Sarah. What? Get your fucking fingers back up exactly. None of that yoga bullshit. None of that peace and love stuff. What do you think this is? This is rage yoga. Oh, God, I feel better just giving everybody the finger. All right. That was awesome. That, so that hurts my throat. I'm not going to lie. I think that's why I sneeze all over Joe's pants. Oh, if you're interested in rage yoga, start a class here in D.C. We'll be there. Oh, my God, that felt so good. I love giving everyone the finger. Really? Yes. How Maybe good? we should do rage yoga. For our live show. To do some rage yoga? Yeah. All right. If you think the audience would get into it, find someone just to scream at you and yell at you. I don't know. Audience, would you get into it? Tweet at us, at HeyFrage, at the Sammy K. Sammy, I think that's a wrap for today, right? Is there anything else we need to do? <clears throat> okay. What the hell was that, Joe? <laughs> oh, my God. See the best thing about radio? Okay. I can just blame it on Joe, and everyone's going to think it was Joe. <laughs> Subscribe to our YouTube page, Hey Frage. We're on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram as well. And rock the cast spot in the Hey Frage intros, outro songs. This outro song is for sale on iTunes under Hey Frage. Sandy, a go.